the, the takes about <laughs> need to stay off the podcast. Those are the only welcome, ones. welcome, Jason. Welcome, Jason, to the the fray. It's nice to have you. You've really yeah. been you've been getting off pretty easy as a JMU fan uh, yeah. of late. So I've been spoiled. Uh, so excited to have you back back in the self loathing game. What we do here is go back, 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 back. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Wheel Route Podcast. This is my legitimate conversation amongst friends and lovers about college football and lifestyle. You can find us on the internet www.wheelroute.com, wheelroutepodcast at gmail.com. We are also on Instagram, wheelroute, uh, which is uh, at wheelroute podcast. I believe that's how the kids are how the kids are referencing it these days. Uh, and you get the show Apple Podcast, Spotify, Google Pod Center, and Stitcher. My name is Logan Whitehouse. Coming to you guys from. Uh, lovely Stuart, Florida. I am at Log on the Dawn at Twitter, and yeah, just another another. Uh, it was a little gray, Jordan. You know, the, the sky was crying upon your departure a bit As today, it but uh, it it really it really livened up uh, nicely this evening. I cut the grass a little a little twilight grass cutting it was was beautiful. So anyhow, good good time here in Stuart. Who else is here? My name is Jordan Shank. I am back in the friendly city. Of Harrisonburg, Virginia, uh, it was good to see foliage of all different shades and colors uh, when I landed this afternoon. Um, yeah, I'm on Twitter.com at Shank Jordan, and uh, on Twitter I did see over the weekend a game we picked. I believe no, did we pick the TCU game? I think so. Yes, yes so. we did. Uh, the hypno toad. Are you are you guys aware <laughs> of of this uh, video yeah. board effect? I became aware of it I, again, or or I just became aware of it this weekend. Yeah, so interesting, I think, interesting I, stuff from a from a university that proclaims to be a Christian university. That's all I'll say. So I think the way it started, they've done it for a while now, right? I have no and idea. It, I, I believe they've done it, it for. I, a, a while and it just uh it just resurfaced because they like um with their like crazy uniforms they slapped it on some t-shirts and their coach wore it for a t-shirt and all that good stuff okay do you guys know where the hypnotoad is from no I no don't. okay so that's it's a like it's a pretty significant uh part of futurama the tv show okay yeah and oh wow because throwback Futurama like hit the hit the uh, perfect time of when like you know Reddit and the stupid memes were really taking off. It was a very significant uh, character on the internet in the early days of of Reddit and all that stuff. So gotcha. It was mostly just a like TCU being very online. Capital V. Well, capital yeah, because two weeks ago TCU unleashed a, a crazy frog remix. Yeah. After their after their win, which was uh, harkening back to some early internet days, a real, so a real millennial, a real millennial, millennial internet video. Yeah, right. Well, shout out to the Hypnotoad. Yeah. yeah, thanks. So for those, those are the learning us something. It, it's a reference to Futurama. It's good to know. Yeah. Tell us about yourself, Jason. Spoiler alert: uh, My name is Jason Craig. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also in the friendly city of Harrisonburg. I have also returned 
uh, from where I was. Um, happy to be back. A lovely day today. Just very, very wonderful early fall weather in the valley. Um, we love to see it. Uh, I tweet things at Jason Kreck from time to time. What am I forgetting? Is that it? I haven't been yeah. on this podcast for like three and a half weeks. So feels that way. Yeah. It rains in our heart every time you're not with us, Jason. I know. I know. So um, excellent. We're drinking anything good tonight to celebrate J- Jason being back on the podcast. I have a Fresca. I'll go first this time. <laughs> I have a Fresca. Okay. I have uh, some Costco bubbles, not to be confused with the Russell Wilson nano bubbles, and uh, just just right. a big old Hydra Flow. Uh, kind of canteen of water rehydrating after a flight. Um, power hydrators unite. Stand up, power yeah. hydrators. It'll really dry you out. <laughs> uh, I just have the uh, another dose of uh, dihydrogen monoxide. But uh, at some point, when you guys talk about some game that I don't know anything about, I'm going to go behind me to the fridge and actually oh. get a beer. Um, this was more uh, time impact than it was uh, hydration. Understood. That's yeah. you know, thank you for thank you for uh, for um, letting us know. So we'll we'll get right into it here. Maybe we can slightly go out of order, but some some members of the podcast have been traveling um, and hanging out and whatnot. Uh, so you know, let's just just run it down. Jason, tell us about the Big Easy yeah. things. How are things? How's the Big Twelve? Big Twelve. Whatever. You collect you a lot of beads, are. Jason. Yes. Uh, um, what are you? The the Happy South. The um, yeah. The it's, righteous. I was uh, I was in. The famed Crescent City of New Orleans, um, just south of Lake Pontchartrain. Uh, it is delightful, as it always is. Um, it is. I has that, Jordan. Have you been to New Orleans? No, but I have a trip on the books for next Adam, March. Love to hear it. Um, yeah, it's it's a delightful town. Logan and I were together actually. I think the last time we were both there um, by a happenstance. Unless you've been back since. I went to a bachelor party there actually more. That's recently, right. So I had a more a more real uh, experience. <laughs> that was actually the night that UVA um, beat Purdue uh, to go. Oh, nice. So wow. things were. I was at uh, I was at Joe Barnes' wedding at that moment. Um, things were things were a little a little sideways and out of hand. Right. We had a good time. We saw famous uh, UVA tennis player um, Jarmir Jenkins on the street just <laughs> running <laughs> around, and we dapped him up so hard. He was very excited to see us all. We were all Fellow very dudes. friendly. We were all in a very friendly mood yeah. together, um, which was fun. But yeah, no fond memories. Yeah, um, uh, yeah, just a wonderful place. Uh, just the best food, um, incredible food, really in all directions. Had some what, gumbo. Uh, what was the best thing you ate in New Orleans? I mean, it's, uh, I I got to go to Cafe Du Monde again, and that just by default, like it's. I, I talked to everybody about it. I was like, it's weird because usually when you go to a city, like the, the big tourist thing is like the thing you do once and then you're done. Like, like Times Square sucks. Like it's the worst. But you, you go see it once and then you're done. I'm not. I feel, not I feel really vindicated hearing that. You know, it's your civil responsibility to visit Times Square once. Yeah, you're required. And yeah. um, but then over my dead body, Cafe Du Monde. Yeah, I know, Logan. Um, Cafe Du Monde, like those beignets. They live up to it. They're just like interesting. I don't know what they do. They're so good. Um, so we took we had the advantage of taking uh, we took the basketball players there because they you know they had never had it and so we had them try it and got some some great pics and video and I was like oh okay fine I'll have a couple. Um, so 
had a couple beignets, had some red beans and rice, had a muffaletta, had a, some gumbo, just a, just a wonderful. The muffaletta hits. That's yes. good. That yes. is sneaky, really, really um, nice and salty, super salty. So Love it. It was great. Did not, it was a work trip, so um, not a lot of partaking in uh, other famous uh, New Orleans activities, um, but um had a, had a, bever- had a cold beverage strip clubs or the you know, uh cold beverage the uh, the co- oh gotcha gotcha yeah um you, you guys took the basketball team to strip clubs for sure that's right yeah no um, it was a recruiting trip was, <laughs> how did i said i could talk about this in the podcast and you guys ruined it immediately <laughs> we did not um no it was a that's wonderful cool. trip it was a little little colder i think it was actually warmer the new year's eve that we were down there uh logan it was actually it was like wow. It was like 50 degrees, so it was, it was mostly the wind. The wind kind of whips through there off the lake, and it got a yeah. little chilly. But, um, you know, liquid long johns, they still work. So, great Shout great out. trip. I actually, I also, this is a weird thing. So, we flew back. Um, we took a weird itinerary back. We flew back by way of Houston. And so, the flight from Houston to Dulles was the first time I've ever flown on a plane with two aisles. I had the, the eight seats across. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Big time, and I've, Big I've flown across the country like twice and never, never had a two aisle plane. I've never flown over an ocean because I think pretty much, almost all of those are two aisle planes. But yeah, I was uh, the flight to Houston. I was in the very back row against the window, so I was the most cramped I've ever been on an entire plane, mm. ever. And then the the Houston adults flight was, I oh, might as well have been riding in a limo. It was wonderful. <laughs> That's very interesting. I've never been. I don't think I've ever been on a plane that big. Yeah. Do you know? Do you know what uh, what make and model the plane was? It was a Boeing. It was not a forty-seven. It was either a thirty or a fifty. I forget which. Okay. Is it the thirty-seven Supermax, the one that has had all the problems? It might be. I, they, I think those are in the wild now. I think they grounded most of those. Yeah. No, but I uh, think let they me, fixed let me do some checking. Stuff, but oh. I think I think one of the two is two aisles, and one is one aisle. Okay. Um, we'll get our right. TC on the case. Yeah, yeah for sure. We'll, we'll uh, I believe up. it was, I'm looking at it now. I be, well, I don't know. I don't know what I had because both of those are, this is useless. I'm really glad everybody's listening, uh, but it wasn't a 47 because I checked for the second, the second floor. Copy. Well, excited you made it out there. I trust that the basketball team is excited for the team. They they really like their group of guys. Um, they're ready to go to battle. They're they're ready to work hard. That's correct. Um, they, they got a they good think they, they think they're conference gonna, schedule that yeah. will test them and prepare them yeah. for. They, they might, they'll play. you know, That's things right. break break their way. They could surprise some people this year. Um, a lot of upside on this team. A lot of length and strength and and wingspan. But we got to stay healthy. Yeah. Right. Looking to mix it up. The defensive looks probably. Uh, you guys clearly listen to these press conferences. Yeah. Or specifically Mark Byington. We very, do very our proud. homework. <laughs> Isn't that amazing how, like, after a lifetime of sports, you can basically just regurgitate all of the stuff. And yet I still, you know, I still get down to watch a press conference every now and then. Just, yeah, you know, just kind of pulls at the heartstrings. Coach Byington actually told these exact same jokes at the dinner the night before. And oh, okay. He was like, maybe I'll just come out and be like, no, nah, we're pissed off. And I was like, no, don't do that. Uh, that would have been a good time. Jason, you got to be a slightly better sport about these things. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's a rookie mistake. My professional advice for you as an expert. In I'm new I'm new to this gig. Just give me some time. I'll get used to it. Yeah. Right. Jordan, um, you uh, you joined us down here in the, uh, in the Sunshine State. Lovely I did. State. I visited the Florida office 
for a yeah. long weekend. Correct. A lot of golf. Took, it, took in some football on the couch. It was a good time. Yeah. It's just success all around. Good, yeah, good times. Jason, you'll be happy to know we did not uh, overdo the golf in in such an aggressive way that we did on previous trips. So, you know, we still had our wits about us on the weekend, which was nice. Um, I, I was I, obviously I was keeping track. I was very, I was, yeah. I was proud of your pacing. I was happy. I was. It seemed like a successful trip. Yeah, no, it's yeah. good, good time. Great weather, weather for it, too. We only got rained well, on, yes. like, for a couple holes Thursday, and that was that. Nice. Yeah, we had tremendous weather. It was, like, 75 to probably 82 mm. degrees the whole time. Love it. And uh, very windy on yes. uh, Friday afternoon, which made for some, just some, some kind of sweaty tee box situations. But, Difficult you know, conditions. For, most for some most tee box situations for me these days are a little sweaty, so we're this was at, uh, some things. This was at PGA? The yes. Wanamaker, yeah. yeah. Wanamaker, lovely. Lived up to the uh, lived up to the hype. I still think I like the die course better, just because I like the way it looks, yeah. and I think I'm I'm in the bag for for Pete, what Pete Dye's got going on. Uh, but this is a beautiful. It was a beautiful course. It was definitely like a slightly more standard golf course. I don't know what style you necessarily would liken it to, um, but yeah. Yeah, good setup out there. They got they got a good thing going out there. Yeah, conditions were immaculate, um, yes, yes. which is is good when you pay rack rate for it. Um, but yeah, I I think I would like to play the rider as well on a future visit, so I so we can compare all three um, and really sound like hardos and, oh, yeah. and make recommendations to people for when they visit the PGA Village. Um, <laughs> We should just rip the we should just rip the triple and uh, play all three as some sort of a weird tournament setup. Yeah, we could we could book difference. a villa and uh, settle <laughs> just, some, yeah, settle some matches stay, on the pitch and putt course. Stay fifteen miles from here for you know for so much money. It'd be a good time. Okay. No, it was it was a lot of fun. Um, checked out a new track down in Lake Worth too. Uh, new to new to me and new to Jordan as well. That was a lot of fun. Diabolical green setup. Yes, uh, uh, I yes. must say at at this place, but and they were we, so we told the yeah this one like this was our Thursday round. We unloaded the cart after our eighteen. Of course, the attendant comes by. Can I wipe your all's clubs down? How was it out there? Blah blah blah. And we said something to the effect of like, yeah, some of those pins were you know pretty uh pretty provocative. He's like. <laughs> And he made it a point to say like three times, yeah, the guy who cuts him, he does not play golf. Like he, <laughs> he doesn't play. And so we, we tell yeah, him sometimes he, he, like, dude, you can't tripled down on telling us that. <laughs> you yeah. can't put them there. But uh, he just. I like that it was clear, like very clearly a talking point of like, hey, make sure you tell people in the parking lot that that's yeah. not our fault. Yeah. So. Yeah. There was a couple that were like, the the pin was just on the, on like the break, absolute break line to where like Precipice. if you hit it past at all like you were I don't know so just, honestly honestly at this tough. point that's that's Jordan's fault because the golf god saw his heritage sixteen and was yeah like, they saw what a mockery I made of let's do this heritage to be fair the starter did tell us to stay below the hole and you know there there's one thing that I am not great at it's that 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 thing you know actually hitting the correct portion of the greens I'm out here high fiving myself if I'm hitting the green so you know. We gotta take the good with the bad. We'll uh, we'll, we'll get it fixed. We'll get in the, We'll watch the film. We'll get it fixed. That's right. Yeah, so, yeah. Thanks for coming, Jordan. Good times. Yeah. Thanks for glad to see me. you back safe in the friendly city. Let's move on to some college football. Jason, 
were you able to watch any college football this weekend? What was your, what, what days were you actually traveling? Cause I was confused on what day you left and, and whatnot. I was, I, this was early in the week. I, I left okay, on that's Monday and was back on Wednesday night. Very so late. So you were back in Harrisonburg for homecoming weekend. Right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Did you, mm-hmm. did you do all the Duke's homecoming things? Like what, what does a JMU homecoming look like for a townie alum? Such as sock hop. Did you go to the, did you pin your best girl and take her to the sock hop? <laughs> So many parts of that, no. Um, no, it's, uh, it's, it's great for me because everybody returns to where I am. Um, and so that was that was what I did. I just bounced around and got a drink or two with several different people. And um, Saturday afternoon was great. I got to walk around the tailgates and, and see everybody. Saw, nice. saw your your Ross is French, your Brett's layman. Um, Love it. So the, most of my mom's side of the family was tailgating, got to see them. It was great. So... Just a delightful afternoon. Wonderful. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, let's uh, let's get to it. Since we're talking JMU um, homecomings, do we want to just go ahead and just go ahead and bite the bullet here, Jason? Yank that yeah, we can, we can on, on the Dukes. This game happened on Saturday. We'll we'll, we'll revisit some games yeah. that happened uh, prior to that, also. But uh, the Dukes caught another caught another tough one yeah. on Saturday. Saturday. Yeah. So, Jason, you you mentioned in our group text that uh, QB one, yeah. Todd C did not dress. Uh, did did we? Do, what are we allowed to say? Why not? Or is it a it's, HIPAA violation? Or no, it's been made. It's been made public. Um, okay. So, uh, it was actually a, it was a late scratch. Um, he came out for the first part of warmups, uh, gave it a shot, and it just wasn't wasn't working. Um, coach, Are the Dukes tanking for Victor W? Is that is that what's going on? Can we do that? That sounds wonderful. Yeah, um, I think it's worth a shot. Yeah. Uh, no, he has, a, he has a strained oblique. Area too. He has a strained oblique, which cannot be fun as a quarterback. Um, yes. So we also, I think we, we had one starting offensive lineman out at the start of the game and might have lost a second in the game. Um, so uh, not... Not ideal timing against Marshall's defense is very good. They were yeah. ranked second in the country in rush defense behind us. Um, so not ideal timing for that. Not ideal timing for a a redshirt freshman quarterback seeing his first significant time. Um, just you know, just one of those days. Couldn't uh, couldn't yeah. really get it going. Couldn't get it going. Way it looked looked pretty rough. Um, but hey, congrats to Marshall for picking up their second uh, uh, F, FBS win of the season. Yeah, uh, it's a, it's a, with wins with wins over Notre Dame and JMU. Now. Yeah, I mean very, very similar weird season. For, elite very similar like. wins in terms of prestige and tradition. So uh, Charles Huff continues to demonstrate right. that he can beat. The he best shows up for best. historic powers. Yeah, I think that's good. Um, but no, it's just you know it's one of those things in our, our fans. It's it's a little bit of like you know the season takes its toll after a little bit. Um, another reason for uh, a well timed bye week. Um, it's always you know. There are a lot of other FBS schools that when an offensive lineman or two go down, they have a couple more three stars they can put in right there. And that's, you know, that's that's always been, I've probably talked about this for years, the difference between FCS and FBS is the depth. It's yeah. the second 22 is the, the difference right. maker. And so when we have to go to those uh, against uh, the, I think they have a couple all-conference guys on the line and one of them was kind of tore us up for like three and a half, four sacks. Um, and so when you got a guy, 
uh, a new guy stepping in there trying to slow that guy down. It's not enjoyable. Well, so. we, we talked about this earlier too. Marshall's got like some former stud studs mm-hmm. on their team too, just like right. scattered throughout their roster. They've they've played the portal game fairly well. Um, probably have you know as we've you know maybe joked about, but it's true. It's I think it's fairly easy to get kids into Marshall from a transfer standpoint, and they're definitely taking advantage of that. You got uh, a Nick Saban personnel guy coaching over there, which I guess Jamie does too in theory. So that's interesting, but um, you know, is, is what it is with Marshall and, and Jamie will get there uh, as the recruiting and, and probably the depth flushes itself out. Jason, I have a question about the quarterback situation at JMU. Mm-hmm. Um, Mr. Todd C is a, is a, is a transfer. This is his final year. Yes. Okay. He's a graduate so student. is, is the expectation JMU has done a good job with the transfer quarterbacks. Sure. Yeah. Is the expectation that that is kind of how JMU is going to staff that position? Uh, like, or is that kind of a, we'll see how it goes. Sure. Uh, I'll say this having zero knowledge of the situation. Um, sure. I'm not I would, asking for you to just sell I don't up. think that, uh, I would guess that probably no coach is like, my goal is to have a transfer quarterback every year. Right. Um, so I would think that um, the hope would be we have um, the registered freshman that played on Saturday. We have a true freshman, uh, Alonzo Barrett the third, which is an outstanding quarterback name. Yeah, um, love that. Uh, he, uh, I would assume, to not speak for the program, I would assume he will probably try and take a red shirt this year. Um, so I think the hope is that one of them steps up and kind of takes a, the bull by the horns. Um, gotcha. But I mean, I think you're always like probably willing to take a transfer quarterback right. just because of the nature of the position it would I'm, I'm curious why you said though i mean i don't think any coach has wanted to do that i mean jamie has very clearly done that for like numerous coaches now right um i mean it's more of an fcs is more of an fcs strategy right yeah so sort, sort of we Especially actually when the eligibility. Much, so we had we had yeah. badly um right. if you want to start like the modern era right. um but then uh, so Vad graduated. Mike Houston came in and um, wasn't entirely sure about Brian Shore, who was the quarterback waiting in the wings behind Vad, and brought in I Brian forget his name now, but <laughs> got him. I don't know why I do these things to you. Um, got him. But uh, brought in a transfer quarterback from South Carolina, and that guy got beat out for the job. And Brian Shore okay. will probably go into the Hall of Fame uh, at JMU. Um, he's up there with the likes of Matt Lazat and them boys, obviously. Um, right. but then and after Brian Shore was uh Cole Johnson, so honestly, we haven't had a transfer quarterback oh, okay. really like be the guy from between Todd Santeo and Vad Lee, which is okay. well, then that's then, then that's on me for not, I guess, no. realizing that the gap was closed like that. Yeah, I think you're always going to probably take a transfer quarterback, it's just a good yeah. way to add experience that is probably yeah. can play. I think um, if, if every coach could draw up a scenario, it's that, like, every year you have, like, a senior quarterback that's been in the program his whole yeah. life and then, like, a freshman sitting behind him, and then they take it as a sophomore, and that's your starter for the next three years. And so, that being said, no coach is also backing away from improving the program. So, Right. Yeah. And it's going to – the the caliber of recruit is going to sure. affect that strategy as well. So, yep. Um, so, Doubt Jamie is going to be knocking on the door for any five-star quarterbacks anytime soon, but that doesn't know what that, that attitude. That's good. <laughs> that, uh, that's going to affect. So, all right. Well, oh, sorry to the Dukes. Uh, do we know if, if is Todd C going to be available 
um, from what being available for Louis- is it Louisville next? Louisville, so we're off this week, um, and then November. Remember the the fifth of November, um, we play. We head to Louisville, um, and so kind of TBD on his recovery. Okay. Um, we had a couple beat writers say that sources told them they felt good. We'll see. It's an oblique. I kind of knowing as much as I do about sports medicine, which is so much. Right. Right. A vast um, amount. I would think that the oblique is probably not like a straight line recovery. Um, probably not. So it'll probably be, uh, you know, stay, don't, don't twist and turn very much this week. And we'll see how it looks middle late next week. And I'm sure he'll make the trip to Louisville and it'll be a game time decision. Is it uh throwing side oblique or opposite? That I don't know. Okay. And don't know if it's been made public. I don't. I don't know either way. But I have no idea if that was that was revealed or not. Well, that was not an attempt to to get you to slip. No, up. no, no. I, I just want yeah, that I, on the record. Even if I wanted to hide it up, I just straight up don't know. Yep. So, fair enough. Well, well prayers, T's and P's to uh, Todd C's oblique. Yeah. <coughs> Both of them even. All right. Thank you. We'll keep, we'll, we'll, we will um, keep it in state and in in podcast here and uh, and and move it to Atlanta, Georgia, where Jordan. <laughs> We regrettably had to sweat through this entire game. Got to sweat. You guys had a fun one. Got to sweat. For an early uh, call time on Friday morning, but uh, UVA was at Georgia Tech, and uh, UVA reigned victorious in a just exceedingly painful game of football, uh, American (laughs) football. It was probably the first time I've watched, like, an entire Virginia game in a while so that was interesting welcome to the show brother <laughs> no that yeah was i mean experience. i've watched plenty yeah. of virginia i feel like i kind of know what i was got getting but like watching four quarters of it is 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 next level the defense played fantastic good for them um it was also largely against a backup quarterback who looked co- correct in, in yeah. way above his head sims was out backup qb in way above his head uva turned georgia took over a few times um, the final score of this game was 16 to nine. Mm-hmm. So not, a, not exactly a, uh, uh, <laughs> a very constipated scoreline, uh, 16 to nine. Yeah. Um, famous was it, it might've been a, no, it's definitely not a score Gami, but no, but anyhow, um, Virginia read the defense there. Uh, Georgia tech's only touchdown was via a pick six on like very early in the game. Yeah. Um, Virginia was just a little shaky out of the gates. There was a fumble on, I think, their first position that they had the ball, and then they, there was the pick six following that. They kind of, like, righted the ship and had a couple of decent drives, but it's just a it's, – it's, it's a bit of a slog for Virginia. They have flashes where you think they might have got onto something, and they have a propensity for some back-breaking, like, drops. Mm-hmm. That is very painful to, to like – Take in, especially given. Yeah, I mean, you had a big drop in the end zone that would have, yes, like, yes, yeah, you had a drop touchdown really catch in the end zone. Some, <laughs> some comfortable cushion to Is the defense. Um, People are saying that's bad. They did make the field goal after, but they then got down into easy field goal range, I think, after that and missed one. Yeah. Um, had numerous chances to put the game away. So I, I think this is one of those. I think Virginia controlled the game largely. They just couldn't really get out of their own way when it came to actually scoring. Um, yeah. So the score wasn't really in control and that you, you never want to see be a one score game when you've kind of largely been in control. Um, the last play of this game was a real thing of beauty <laughs> in which Mr. Backup quarterback for Georgia tech scrambled around 
like a chicken with its head cut off, you know, trying to make something happen and then proceeded to just run out of bounds with zero time left on the clock. Didn't even fling one down the field. Uh, the I announcers mean, were gobsmacked. They, yeah. they <laughs> did not know what to make. The announcers are working hard. Riddick, Riddick was working really hard in this yeah. game to try to be. To try not, to a, not a ton possible. of material to go around yeah. in this in this contest. Yeah. But it was interesting. Uh, Jordan, I don't know. I, I've been babbling. Do you have any any takeaways? I'm happy with the defense. Like yeah. they they seemed like a cohesive unit. That was good to see. Yeah, I I was happy with the defense as well. I am going to temper my enthusiasm because again, I think it was largely due to the quarterback they played for most mm-hmm. of the game on Georgia Certainly. Tech side. Um, I think if Jeff Sims finishes that game, Georgia Tech wins by by 10-ish. Um, yeah. I think, like, the red zone struggles are concerning in terms of, like, getting down there and kind of not... Again, I have mentioned they seem to lack a clear identity or agenda on the offensive side of the ball. And that seems to yeah. uh, be magnified in the red zone. I think they need to run Armstrong more, design QB runs, especially down there. Uh, I don't know why they don't, but that you know that's why I'm not making the big bucks, I guess. Um, but yeah, it is it is concerning. Like they've they've had their bye week, I believe. Um, yeah, this was off the bye, I believe. Yeah, so it's like, okay, you've had your bye week, you've had your opportunity to self-scout and whatever coaches do, and, uh, you know, I don't know that Georgia Tech's defense was was highly regarded necessarily this year, so to, to continue to I don't to think struggle, they've been terrible, but I, you're right. I don't think highly regarded. To it's... continue to struggle in the red zone to convert those opportunities into touchdown is concerning, but... They have a long week again, headed into whoever they play next weekend. So maybe, maybe that's something they can build off of. Correct. Yeah, this one. Not, not, uh, not a thing of beauty um, when you look at the team stats no. compared to each other in this game. A lot of negative EPA uh, type performances, but, um, but yeah. Anyhow, all right. Well. We'll see how it goes. I, I, I think, you know, we, Jordan, you were quick to point out that UVA social media did a good job after the game of pumping out a lot of like locker room celebration footage. And, yep. you know, we, we really love the coach. Yeah. Um, guys footage, embracing coach Elliot, yep. which is, which is good. Um, I, I have been doing some self scouting of myself <laughs> and I would like, I'm, tr- I'm trying to revise my anti Tony Elliott's uh, stance a little bit and extend him some of the grace that I'm trying to extend to Billy Napier as, as some things are, are happening. Um, I'm not extending this grace to Mario Cristobal because I don't know what's going on in Miami, but regardless, I do think there's probably some, some shifting just of how things are done and, and need to be done. And culture wise that it's going to take some time. I like that the defense appears to be vastly improved. That is a, a good, a good thing. Um, I don't know that it's the coach's fault that the wide receivers uh, like totally just drop so many passes. Right. Um, that sucks. Like, cause that really kills your quarterback clearly has some damaged confidence at times yes. and that doubles down on, on that. <laughs> and, and he gets more pressy and um, it, it sort of spirals. So, you know, I still think BA has some bad body language, um, but I also, understand the frustration so 
we'll see how it goes. Uh, I just think I am not looking forward really to this Virginia, Virginia tech end of year culmination. That is going to be one rugged football game. I'm, so. I'm strangely looking forward to it. Cause it'll, it's, it's going to be sicko mode, sicko yeah. mode for sure. It'll be kind of like, a, a cleansing or a detox. We we get Absolutely. it done with, and we can head into the off season. Correct. Anyhow, okay, let's go fast here through some of these others. Troy was at South Alabama. I have no idea what happened here. I think we thought it was going to be good. I think it was pretty low scoring. Yeah. Um, so who, who knows? I think I believe Troy pulled it out. So congrats to Troy. Uh, Iowa was at Ohio State. Um, Ohio State took care of business. I think. Numerous Iowa offensive woes in the second half led to some short fields for Ohio State, and they kind of um, beat them down in the second half. But this one was maybe a sneaky close after halftime. I don't know. It's hard to it's hard to say too much, but Ohio State's defense came to play uh, and was able to turn over Iowa a lot. Iowa's just so wretched on offense. Yeah, I have, oh. I have nothing to add. I've seen, speaking of wretched on offense, Duke was at Miami uh, in the hard in front of a, a tough crowd. More, more tough crowd footage coming out of the hard uh, this weekend. Uh, announced it, attendance of like 54,000. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder how many they got Dave, they got Dave Sampson counting the players. there ahead of time. Maybe they sold a, a doubleheader ticket Ooh. deal. Yeah. Saw a lot of Dolphins fans in the airport today. Home sure. out of Fort Lauderdale. Um, they could try. Stanford is basically giving away free tickets for its last two. I games. saw that. Hmm. I don't think it's basically. I think it's like hundred percent is. And framing it as a trial. Yeah. Like, hey guys, would you like to try an activity? Yeah. Come to the football game. <laughs> an activity, you know, a new activity for you to try. I've heard worse plans of getting butts in seats. Georgia State, uh, back in like their second year of football, dropped ten thousand dollars from the ceiling of the Georgia Dome. So. Okay. Wow. Like they yeah. they call that the Magic City. That's that's what that's how they <laughs> Magic City Operation maneuver. Magic City. They just dropped ten thousand. Didn't singles. they uh, at the at the Peach Bowl? They dropped like the Chick Fil A cows with little parachutes. Yes, um, that that was a thing. I think that would happen often. There was they, other sporting events. There was, was like a big, blimp. Was there was, there was also like a blimp that would go for around a long time. places. Yeah. Uh, anyhow, Duke at Miami. Miami. Uh, Miami got killed. Um, they were they up turned, late. They were up. This was the one they, where we were like, oh, on the drive home, we were like, oh, yeah. Miami's up, oh. but Duke's got the ball. It was like 21-17, and then yeah. next time we looked, I think it was like 45-17 or 45 45-21? Yeah, and it was like, oh, yeah, 45-21. I was like, oh, wonder what happened. So turns out what happened was uh, Miami turned the ball over eight times. They lost five fumbles in this game, which is remarkably bad luck. Um to lose every single one of your fumbles. Now, should you be fumbling five times? Why Why would I ask that? Why are they right. asking? What are we thinking here? Um, you probably shouldn't, but to lose all of them is a bit of bad luck. Regardless, Duke was able to um, do like the Iowa thing in which they had like a negative yards drive that they scored on, um, kicked a field goal. They were able to, you know, I think they had numerous like 25 yard touchdown drives in this game. Yeah, Just so six of Duke's 15 possessions started inside the Miami 30. Oof. That is so <laughs> bad. That is awesome. That Miami yeah. defense must have just been so angry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think it was, whatever the combined score in this game was, it was 45-21 was the final, and that, it was less than 700 total yards. 
wow. which is crazy. Um, yeah, just like a kind of a statistical anomaly of a game, but Miami continues to have some struggles here, growing pains, whatever you want to call it. Van Dyke left with a shoulder injury. Um, just a, a tough scene all around. And I guess Miami is really loading up for that Florida State game in prime time in two weeks. Get excited for that, by the way. Well, I think they've got Virginia this weekend. They do. They have Virginia, and then and then they got primetime Notre Dame. Virginia had 11.30 a.m. Eastern. Uh, yeah. Kick. It says most is ready, boys and girls. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, please. <laughs> Um, some Montezuma snow blast at 11 30. Oh, the snow blast. <laughs> yeah, so we did sample the Montezuma snow blast this weekend. I'd be happy to. Do How that. was it? Good. Real yeah, good. Real good. Yeah. You should ask for one next time you're out and about. Impress impress your lady friend with a, In a, with a, with a crafty order. Could, next time you go to New Orleans, see what bar knows we'll what the Montezuma snow blast is. <laughs> Montezuma snow uh Ole Miss was at LSU we did not pick this game because LSU I guess was not ranked and they were just on the outside looking in they went down 17-3 in this game and then proceeded to score 42 straight points um so good for LSU yeah this was a game like uh wagering wise LSU was favored and a lot of people I follow were kind of making a big deal about oh you can get Ole Miss for plus money that is insane, blah, blah, blah. And through the first quarter, quarter and a half, those people looked tremendously intelligent. And then I I don't know. Like, it's, I mean, Ellis, I guess Ole Miss seemed to do this against Kentucky too, where like they jumped out to mm-hmm. a nice sizable lead and then they just hung on for dear life. And the offense like didn't really have much beyond two or three yeah. quarters worth of stuff. Um I think that's got to be a little concerning if you are a Rebel fan. Yeah, I think they've been running the ball pretty well, and I don't know that they throw the ball as well as your Ole Miss teams of the past have done, just at least with the ability to hit big plays and stuff. So it would appear – I mean, they they sit on leads pretty good. They did not sit on they, – they got out too early in the lead, I guess, in this game to sit on it. But they peaked, once they, once they were soon. behind, yeah, they had a tough time trying to catch up in this game. Um, I think at the Cover 3 podcast, they were talking about this. Like, this is where it gets kind of weird with, like, rankings versus power rankings. Like, mm. right? Like, if you actually maybe power ranked these teams, they would probably be more in line or at least closer to in line with, like, where the spread had it instead of, like, just being like, oh, Ole Miss is the number eight team in the country. Like, well, are they the number eight team? Because, like, that's how the AP voters, like, rank and move people up because of wins or have and they had and the stuff. eighth best or, season yeah or sport. does like if you know you actually like power ranked all the teams i don't think Ole Miss is the eighth best team in the country so um now i'm not saying that you'd rank lsu ahead of them because but uh i gotta say lsu is like they seem to have turned the corner they look good and they it's are the players improving. only meetings <laughs> yeah uh that or their coach turns out kind of good at this which yeah, you know is unfortunate it. for haters everywhere but uh the young man the young man can coach the boys. So. Uh, Jason, are you familiar at all with Jackson Dart's eye black situation? I'm, I'm not, but it sounds uh, very intriguing. Well, he, he kind of does the one, like, just the one side of his face, a vertical stripe down. Past the eye, like deal. the scar. He does the scar. I'm curious, do any of, like, what what's the most egregious eye black situation you've seen Either JMU or or expanded Sun Belt universe. 
Uh, honestly, most of my super aggressive eye black experience comes from uh, various baseball experience around Rockingham County, if yeah. we're being honest. Fair enough. Well, that works, um, too. I can't I can't recall any um, I can't recall any really egregious ones at JMU. Sometimes it's just like it's, you, you'll get like linemen that like go a little too heavy with it and like have yeah. like <laughs> cover yeah. a little too much yeah. of the face. Yeah. Like they're like hiding in jungles in Vietnam. But um, that is an interesting look. I just looked up Jackson. He goes like onto the eyelid too. That is. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like outside in. Or yeah. I mean, it, it, yeah. it's like a weird. Yeah. Fascinating. It's, it is. It's curious. He's definitely making a statement, but that's cool. Yeah. Teach their own. We, we like to look cool. Yeah. Uh, all right, Kansas at Baylor. The wheels continue to come off the bus for Kansas. Hate to see it. Uh, obviously, your quarterback being hurt is no good, but uh, Baylor takes care of business here. Kansas, I think their four-game stretch doesn't have any like clear victory games in it, and they need to win one to get bowl eligible. So that's going to be our unless our that new... academic progress rate is is that's true. High and nothing mighty. says um, nothing says academic course. progress like Kansas football. Yeah, this sure. is not. So they they are on a bye this week, uh, joining us. Mercifully, mercifully. Maybe Jalen Downs um, can get healthy. Then home Oklahoma State at Texas Tech, home Texas at Kansas State. Yeah, so yeah, I guess Texas Tech. Texas Tech game, but, but they just I don't know. beat the barn off of West Virginia, didn't they? Yes. Yeah, and they run a zillion plays. They run it pretty well. Kansas' defense is terrible, too, so like you really yeah. need to catch up. Um, I think they're going to need their quarterback to get back, uh, and they're going to need to back in a big way. Right. They're going to need to try to recapture the magic. So we'll keep an eye on things fun to have something to root for. Uh, we will, we'll keep you guys posted weekly on Kansas bowl eligibility update 2022. Uh, Texas A&M was at South Carolina in another borderline unwatchable football game, uh, featuring the Texas A&M, the Texas, fine Texas Aggies of Texas A&M. South Carolina, like, got up early and kind of capitalized on some turnovers and some weird things. Haynes King got hurt, like, appeared to just, like, throw his arm out, which was kind of bizarre in this game. Like, he just threw, like, did a throwing motion and then had a shoulder injury. Um, Not great for the quarterback. Especially Uh, when your other quarterback is also hurt. Yes, yes. Once again, poor whoever the third stringer is on on Texas A&M had to try to come and save the day. Uh, Spencer Rattler didn't really do much of anything in this game himself. Uh, South Carolina, again, just capitalized. I think they ran a kickback for a touchdown, um, maybe recovered a muffed kick or, you know, there was some beamer ball happening and we were talking about it, which is, you know, Jason is my favorite thing. So I love, love to talk about beamer ball, but it was happening good for South Carolina, capitalizing on kind of a down injured, dysfunctional Texas A&M team. Uh, Really excited for Florida to give up 450 yards passing to this Texas A&M team in two weeks. I cannot wait. I am so ready. Yeah. But South Carolina getting close to bowl eligible themselves. So we might have another update to to provide listeners with. Frank Beamer, Frank Beamer, whatever his name is, Shane, Sugar Shane from the boys. Uh, we talked Marshall JMU, and then the last one was Pitt at Louisville. Pitt, what happened? What's going on with Pittsburgh? Yeah, it's like it's honestly genuinely pretty sad to like. Last year was the most fun pit football season in a long time. Yeah, since the days of Larry Fitzgerald. And they seem to just like 
and maybe it's the head coach. Maybe I don't know what it is, but they were just like, okay, that it's was a super coach. fun offense we ran last year. We're not going to do any of that ever again. And yeah, I realize Whipple, you don't Whipple have did, a it seems like starting got, got like pushed out the door a little bit by the head coach. Yeah. Um, Cause he was calling plays at Nebraska and right. uh, you know, famously things have gone well this year at Nebraska, but Mark Whipple's like, I mean, he's a guy that's been around for a long time. Like he's one of these career offensive coordinator type guys in, in and out of the NFL and college. So, um, but yeah, you're right. It is very strange. I mean, it's a metaphor for, you know, the times we're in Jason, where people choose to do things that are not in their own self-interests based on uh, cult of personality reasons and uh, bizarre. And what's comfortable so, to them. Yes. So evidently what's comfortable to the Nardus is kicking it on fourth and goal from the one and punting and running the football and trying to win time of possession uh, style games. And, you know, like, I don't, I think we could all make a solid argument that most of that is BS and you're not really focusing on the right things there, but gotta be hard to know. recruit too. When that's what you're like, you're leaning you would into think. doubling down on. Right. Right, because you're going to sit there and be like, you know, Kenny Pickett went to the NFL. You could be in the NFL. It's like, well, you yeah. can come where two we, wide we also hate, gloves and make We also hated it. We yeah. hated it when Kenny Pickett was thrown for 350 a game. So, I don't know. All right, well, uh, Louisville, uh, Scott Satterfield marches on uh, victorious um, for Scott another week. Scott Satterfield we'll, watch continues. We will, we will continue. Jordan, take us to Pickville. Uh, Pickville, a happy, a happy population this yeah. week, all of us somehow went three and two in the winner's column. That's um, right. Profit margins appeasing the shareholders for at least one more week. Um, so, yeah, we'll start with the nooner we had, which was Clemson and Syracuse. Uh, we got in, turned this on and saw that DJU was not under center for the Tigers. Um, we learned that this was not an injury-induced benching. It was just a benching. And uh, Dabo was was quick to say after Clemson hung on for dear life at the end that DJU is still our quarterback. He wants to get out in front of it, and he just needs to play better, but he knows that, and he will play better. So... Uh, don't worry, guys. Dabo's got it under control. And they also have a bye week to prep the backup even harder. Right. For, for their Both next of game. the quarterbacks um, appear to have been better coached at how to handle the DJU benching than how to, you know, play quarterback um, in this game. But I think Syracuse's defense has been fine. Fairly unremarkable game. Clemson is the better team. Ran the ball pretty well. I think busted off a big touchdown around the pool away and then just kind of took the air out of the ball and Bad interception it. by Schrader at the end when Syracuse yeah. was driving. Right, right. So, um, yeah, so salted it away. I mean, good, good for Clemson, I suppose. Uh, how do you do? You think Clemson's a playoff team? Um, longest win streak in the country. They are not a team I want to see in the playoff, but I think they will earn their way there. You think they're a prime candidate for the Notre Dame treatment this year and just get waxed by whoever they play? Potentially. I think their defense is good. So so depending on like who yeah. who they get, 
But if they get it like Ohio State, that that could be interesting. <laughs> True. I don't. Yeah, I don't love the matchup with Alabama or Georgia. Yeah. But you know Georgia's down to getting a rock fight. Sure. Alabama seems like they would stretch it out pretty good. Jason, did you get Tennessee. to watch any of this? Yeah, I saw I saw a decent amount of the second half of this uh, before the Dukes kicked off, and it wasn't like it's tough. So, like, I mean, Syracuse controlled this game for two and a half quarters. Mm-hmm. Um, they like, I think it was DJU's last pick was like five yards overthrown. <laughs> Syracuse safety made a really good play on it and all that stuff, and they were they were rolling um, up twenty one. It was still 21 cents, so they didn't take advantage of that pick. But, like, late in the third quarter, it, the game, the one call didn't decide the game, but there was a just absolutely horrific roughing the passer call. Oh, nice. Uh, or or late hit. At, it was a late hit out of bounds. Yes, yes. And um, so Klubnik was, like, kind of ducking around like a receiver to try to gain a couple extra yards and, like, stepped out of bounds, but nobody could see it. And so he came out the other side still, like, ducking and trying to run and got – Got not even like a dirty hit, just got like shoulder charged out of bounds by a linebacker, and they called a late hit. And it was on it was on like third and twenty three. Mm. Um, like Klubnik had already like unbuckled his helmet because he was like oh, that was third down, and they threw the flag and automatic first down. And I think I believe that's the drive that Clemson kept driving and scored their first, um, like cut it to twenty one sixteen, and and then it was Syracuse was all discombobulated from there. So like you know at any point in the fourth quarter, Syracuse could have like done one organized thing and probably been more okay. Sure. But at the same time, like it was a very, it was a big, like a pretty big shift in the game. And then to rub dirt in the wound, I believe there was a, a very blatant late hit out of bounds on the Syracuse quarterback that did not get called. Right. Um, yeah. So they, they looked like shockingly similar in setup and the Syracuse yeah. one was much, was like clearly worse. And yeah. And so just, a uh, just an unfortunate thing. I, I, Clemson was the better team. They outplayed him. They ran up 450 yards, but like there was a, there was a very clear like, oh, things looked way different before that flag, and and so you never you never like to see it have that much of an impact. But I, right. I can't look somebody in the eye and be like, no, Syracuse deserved to win because they, yeah. they probably did. Yeah, I saw uh, someone mention someone with a shared Robert and I past mentioned that uh, you know Syracuse had a nice healthy lead and they're. Their very good running back Sean Tucker finished the game with five carries for fifty-four yards. They only gave they only let that man tote the rock five times Not with great. a lead. Yeah. But Ruth, Mullen, Ruth Mullen has entered the chat. Yeah. So yeah, that was Syracuse Clemson. Uh a little bit of like also the whole like why is Clemson storming the field discussion popped up after this one. I think the announcers did not do their homework and mentioned it on the TV yep. as if they. I mean, there's were... only like 20 announcers. How do these guys not know this? You know yeah. what I'm saying? Well, it's got to be in the notes too. Like surely, yeah. Surely one of you knuckleheads reads the notes and/or has watched any amount of college football and knows this, but. I mean, Dan Levitard was talking about it today, like making fun of Clemson. It's like they've done it for, like that's their thing. It needs to just be clear. Everyone comes in and socializes on the field. That's what they yes. do. Right. Pictures Anyhow. with DJU. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, our next game. Let's uh, let's do UCLA to Oregon. 
Not a lot mm-hmm. to discuss here. Oregon beat the piss out of UCLA. Yes. Uh, the consensus took a hit here, but it was the only hit it would take on this day. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I was I was really impressed with Bo Nix. We got home Bo Nix, which turns out still is an upgrade. It's a, it's a real phenomenon. Over road Bo Nix. Um, UCLA, I don't know if they like ran out of gas or if Oregon really is just that good, and I still have kind of like weird bias from – Georgia Oregon game as to me not thinking that Oregon is capable of this type of performance. Um, so yeah, I don't I don't know what to make of it one way or the other, but uh, good for Oregon taking care of business at home. Um, yeah, seems like the definition of the like Oregon had UCLA's number. Yeah. Um, they were just better and appeared to have a better plan and execute their plan better. Like it was all just universally better for Oregon. So um, good for them. They, I think scored 28 points in the second quarter, which was a good move because I believe it started to rain uh, around halftime of this game. And then it was pretty kind of sloppy rainy for the rest of the game, but they had already pretty much salted it away. So yeah, I mean, impressive for Oregon. I I'm with you, Jordan. I a hundred percent think that there is uh, just residual. They got, absolutely shellacked by Georgia in such an embarrassing fashion in the first game. And Dan Lanning's out there, you know, smiley playing grab with Kirby before the game. And it just, it was a bad look all around. And Oregon's been really good ever since then. Like they've been yeah. like top 10 good and they probably are working their way back into, you know, playoff conversation. Um, if the, if, if some other teams can, can catch a couple L's down the stretch here. Like a Clemson, for example. Sure. Yeah, or a TCU. Yeah. Jason, were you were you tuned in to Autzen Stadium at all? I didn't. I didn't see almost any of this game. This game started at three thirty, right? Yes. Yeah. So I didn't. I think I kept tabs on the score, and it might have flashed across the TV in the press box at some point, but I didn't keep tabs on it at all. Well, you, as a Texas fan, were probably tuned into our next game, obviously three thirty, right? Which was Texas at Oklahoma State. Um, Texas favored on the road by six and a half did not get the job done. They ended up losing this outright. Um, Quinn Ewers did not look great in, in some big spots here was, he was, was my well take. below 50% completion percentage, right? Yeah. And I think coming in, he was, he was like somewhere in the high sixties for the okay. season. Yeah. So quite the departure. Um, like yeah. threw a threw a not great pick on their first drive of the game, um, and Oklahoma State's defense has largely come up with plays at key points this season. Uh, he years through three interceptions, was sacked once, nineteen for forty nine. Oof. Bijan Robinson, twenty four carries for one hundred forty yards. Like they. They did their darndest to ride him. Um, they, they did their best to establish it, for sure. And then, and then Quinn Ewers gave it right back. So, You guys uh, know who the defensive coordinator at Oklahoma State is? Nope. Derek Mason. Oh. Yeah. There's a he guy. Got out of, he got out of Dodge. Uh, I think things were weird. The vibes were weird in Auburn, and he was the only one who got out of there um, when he had an opportunity with uh, – the other guy, the, the guy moving on to Ohio State from uh, 
Oklahoma State. But yeah, no, I mean, that defense is playing well. Uh, obviously, was able to turn Texas over. And, you know, Oklahoma State, like, they're, they're tough. They're scrappy. They kind of, like, do enough. They don't. Run, I enjoy like, watching super... them. Yeah. I enjoy watching them for a team that doesn't run, like, a very crisp offensive. Like, they're, they're not like a, uh, like, they're not a Perfect. scheme team. They're not an execution-based operation, yeah. right? Like they, but their quarterback kind of seems like he's tough to bring down. We'll rumble for some runs here and there. Spencer Sanders, shout out. Um, yeah, they, they just they kind of uh, they're they're good. And they, they more like will things into existence by by trying real hard. Probably true. Yeah, and I think ultimately they probably are pretty well coached, right? Which yeah. is what what's interesting. But um, yeah, just kind of like just weird in the big 12 with Texas being just kind of like jagged. They're, they're just, they're, they're jagged. They're just another guy in the big 12, right? Like that's, that's all they are. And it's, you know, I think we, I at least like want to think that they have some sort of outstanding talent advantage over these teams. They just need to unlock it somehow. And I just don't know if it's actually true. Um, they seem to, I mean, we, we talked about this last week. They seem to sort of play to the level of their competition you know, I understand we all can go back to that Alabama game and talk about how, like, what could have been. Um, but them, you know, narrowly losing to Alabama, like, do I think that that would have bolstered them to not lose to TCU or not lose this game? Like, I, I can't say that I have because I've seen them look kind of like kind of Bobo in other games that they've, you know, squeaked out too. So I, I maybe that maybe it's just like a focus and attention thing or something, but. Kind of weird. Kind of weird to see them be like, oh, like you know, they're just a toss up there. As good as TCU, they're as good as Oklahoma State, they're as good as Oklahoma. You know, depending on how things go. Well, you know, this year they beat the absolute hell out of Oklahoma, yeah. and then turn around and you know, kind of like have just sort of a blah performance against Oklahoma State. It's interesting. Yeah, and uh, as as you and I noted, Logan Sark still wearing the the silly sunglasses. Yes, that that may be playing part in things <laughs> it shouldn't be it's the universe's retrib- retribution for the sunglasses the orange side pieces and nose thing oof yeah the nose bridge so is bad. what's really disconcerting really we saw a young man on the sideline i think wearing the all black version of those and they did look better but it's still just a bad frame setup you just it's not yeah. it's not for me not for me yeah i would agree all right uh, the next game we had Mississippi State out of Alabama. Bama covered the entire 21-point spread and then some. Um, Will Rogers did was straight up not having a good time, bro. No. There, there were some frustrations being uh, exercised by that Alabama defense. Bryce Young looked really good. Yeah. Alabama, get right game for them. Um, we watched a fair amount of this, just kind of passively, just yeah. it was sort of happening. Um, yeah, I mean, Alabama's defense just, like, very clearly has Mike Leach's scheme down pat as far as what they want to do. There's, like, the, the stats for Mike Leach playing against Alabama are preposterous, how um, – dominant Alabama's been like I think the touchdown they scored which was literally on the last play of this game Mississippi State scored a touchdown and Saban was pissed of course um 
back. Saban is totally back. He's screaming at refs for bad pass interference calls, like, you know, with the, 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 um, the scrubs in and things like that. But yeah. Uh, I think that was the first touchdown Mississippi state has scored in like 12 quarters against Alabama or something ridiculous. Like it's just, Dang. it's really, it's really bad. Um, not really sure why it seems like Nick Saban's defense is the only one that has figured this out. Um, I shouldn't say only one, but the only one that's figured this out in like such a clamp down way. Well, but. didn't, uh, was it Jimmy Lake? Washington seemed to have it figured out most Apple yes. Cups. Yes, they did. Right. Yeah. There's just different, or like Stanford, like they, they seem to like do a good job against like these spready kind of teams playing like kind of like a, bunch of white middle linebacker types just roaming around out there and like do a good job. So, I mean, I don't know, maybe a bunch of Zane Van Deers. That's, yes, that's what your right. team needs. <laughs> there's some scheme stuff that you can exploit there or something, but uh, yeah, I, I think we talked about this on the episode last week, Jordan, not a whole lot of overachieving out of Mississippi state uh, as it comes to like surprising you. Um, yeah. I think they take care of business largely against teams they're on par with and they, will rarely beat a team that is more talented than them. And this is the most extreme version. Of they are that. the employee who will do their job and does enough to not get fired, but they're not, they're not working extra hours. They're not Correct. climbing the ladder. They're not going for employee of the month. Right. They're, just they're not here. at the top golf mingling, you know, right. and that's fine. Like a healthy workplace needs some of those <laughs> folks. <laughs> For sure. A healthy SEC West needs needs some of those folks. Right. Uh Jason, any any Alabama thoughts, takes, concerns? No, it looked like they were very angry from the brief snippets I saw, which yeah. checks out. Yeah. Shout also shout out to to the refs for throwing in a, like a dubious roughing the passer call very early to benefit Alabama to to just show the world that we are aware of what happened against Tennessee and we are, we are working to resolve it. So, <laughs> uh, final game of the evening was Kansas state at TCU and TCU did it. They covered three and a half. Um, never in doubt, baby. Yeah. Who, 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 you know, who could imagine a more stress-free game? Certainly not me. I think I TCU has been on a ridiculous run. They have knocked, either knocked every team that they've played starting quarterback out or has got to play like every team they've played for like the last five or six games backup quarterback at yeah. minimum. Um, in this game, I think we got some of the third stringer in Kansas State. Um, I don't know. I think, I don't want to say TCU is a little fool's goldy, but they have certainly been capitalizing on just like an absolutely blessed run. There of, have been some uh, fortunate breaks. Yes, yes, for sure. So, um, but you know, they Kansas State, Kansas State didn't score in the second half of this game. Yeah, they they did not. TCU did not play their best in this game, based on what I was seeing, and they they were able to take care of business ultimately. So good for them. You need to win these games if you want to be undefeated and have a shot at uh, making some more noise. So we'll see how it goes. I just I don't know. I don't know how behind uh, you know TCU based playoff resume I could be. Um, given I, I i shouldn't say that their resume will be what it is if they go undefeated and they will deserve it but same kind of thing like they've gotten a little bit lucky so far so so coming up for tcu they are at west virginia for a nooner this weekend which is 
could go 11 different directions of of crazy given the time zone switch and everything there's probably some elevation change there as well i'll be monitoring that situation um they host texas tech they travel to the longhorns they travel to baylor and then they host iowa state so of those five i mean i would assume texas is the biggest threat i guess yeah but i also kind of want to believe that west virginia could make it nasty <laughs> i mean west virginia could always make it nasty but they also aren't the best yeah but they have a big game qb in jt daniels neil brown got the got the vote of confidence so he's ready to roll he's, <laughs> yeah. he's ready to take this thing into the offseason maybe he's gonna be coaching uh without that monkey on his back <laughs> yeah so yeah, that was that was the weekend. But yeah, this this TCU game was the one where we like we had flipped away from it, and Kansas State was up by two scores or something. And then we came back to it maybe okay. a quarter later, and we were like, "Whoa, what the hell?" Like, yeah. It turns out what the hell was that Adrian Martinez was no longer <laughs> playing quarterback. <laughs> that was the hell. That'll get you. Uh, speaking of hell, Will Healy, Charlotte head coach, got fired uh, this weekend. So. I don't know what to make so much of, of the Charlotte coaching job, but uh, I don't know. Charlotte's a decent place to live. They are, are they making the jump to Conference USA or are they already in? They are USA? currently in Conference USA. They are making the jump to the American. Oh, they're jumping to the American. Oh. Gotcha. Okay. So they are making a jump and maybe uh, they've been just catastrophically bad. They got killed by FIU this weekend. Um, hasn't been going well there. So maybe you need uh, a fresh fresh set of uh, a fresh big whistle in the program as this team transitions and you don't maybe move into a new conference like super far behind with a maybe a, a lame duck coach and get you even more far behind who knows um but that uh, uh if that's an american job like that you, you have to think that's got to be like potentially kind of a uh, interesting job you don't have to live in like shreveport Right. So like, that's yeah. a good thing. Like I think so living in Charlotte is maybe not the worst, but other than that, who knows? So it'll be, there's just a lot of moving parts here. Um, there's a lot of people that see Charlotte as like one of the best group of five jobs. Um, based on, based a? on the fact that it's Charlotte based on, I don't know. That seems to be most of it. Um, okay. Which is not nothing. Like you can recruit to Charlotte very well. Um, yeah, you're really close to South Carolina. You're in North no. Carolina. Easy access, DC area. Slide over to Georgia, not too far away. It's in Atlanta, folks. All that right. good stuff. Yeah, yeah. Makes That's sense. all well and good. Everybody also, and the reason they're being summoned to the American is because everybody's like, well, they have the Charlotte media market. And I... Oh, uh, yes. I can't... It's, A lot I'm, of people tuning in to UNC Charlotte and Charlotte. I'm just sure. exhausted from explaining this to people that, like, this is... Saying the Char University of Charlotte has the Charlotte media market is like saying Jacksonville University has the Jacksonville media market. Like, it, it, they're just numbers. And this is like Conference USA built their league on media markets for the last 10 years, and it failed miserably, just right. horrifically. And then the American is doing the exact same thing. It's just very confusing. I don't understand it at all, but well, there's a lot okay, of people that so are the, like, oh, There's no. people leaving the American, right? So they, they do have spots to fill. Yeah, so, so the American you're limited. Is, you're limited on where you can fill. You're not going to take FIU. 
the, the American is shipping those three schools to the Big 12. Right. Um, UCF, UCF, Cincy, and Houston. Correct. Um, and so, yeah, they have they have to backfill, and they're backfilling with, like, it's several, or maybe it's only three. I don't remember who's going from, but mostly from Conference USA to the American. Is Charlotte? Is there, like, a UTEP or something? Are they... Something like that. Um, yeah. I, let I me know. see if I can dig it up real fast. It doesn't matter that much. Um, but speaking of Charlotte specifically, like the, this is what I have, I'm struggling to get people to wrap their brains around is like, there's more to building a football program than this. Like there's more to building a football program than like recruiting heartland and um, like media market. Right? Yeah, I got Just it right here. Georgia tech. I got Just it right here, Jason. If you, if you want, go ahead. Six teams Yeah. moving into the AAC. Yep. You have UNC Charlotte, Florida Atlantic, North Texas, Rice, UAB, and UTSA. Yeah. So, so. Um, a very, uh, with the exception, and I guess I can't say with the exception of Birmingham, Birmingham's a plenty big market, but UAB, very good football program. Um, has been a good football program, yes, sure. for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, FAU of, potentially has had some blips. A, a couple others could, like, okay, you could see some potential. Willie Taggart um, and them boys. And so the big concern for me with Charlotte is like, so not to, you know, not to put bulletin board material on the board before three weeks from now, um, but like, I can believe please it do. actually please do. ODU is, was in a fertile recruiting ground. They yes. had a very good coach. They got a, an outstanding quarterback in, in current Washington commanders quarterback, Taylor Heineke. The green um, lizard. As some have said, um, but they after Heineke left, they kind of languished for like nine or ten years because, like, it takes a heavy investment to keep a very good football team and to keep it going, and like, it takes your athletics department like knowing what they're doing and building it a program the right way, and like, there's more to it than that. And so, you, it's it's hard for me to like, yes, Charlotte has plenty of potential because of that recruiting ground. Yes, the closest Power Five team is probably honestly Virginia Tech. Um, which is across state lines. Like, there's plenty of potential there. You also got App State right down the road. You also have all these barriers to clear. You have an athletics department that's still very much figuring out how to be an athletics department. Like, they're going to go into the American, and albeit a much less threatening American than it was yeah. in the past couple of years. Um, I don't, I don't think the new version of the American is daunting at all. I don't think it will be one of the two best group of five conferences in the country. Um, but it's still like you still got to play those teams. There's still, Memphis is still in that league, and Charlotte is nowhere near Memphis. And right. yeah. so uh, it, it's it's a complicated job. I thought Will Healy was a really good pull. Um, he, Where did he uh, come from, Jason? Do you so he turned P. he turned Austin P from zero and eleven okay. to a playoff team in one year. Um, so now he went five and six the year after that. So I don't know if he had staying power, but. He won seven games first year at Charlotte. Things looked Coached like they were going well. Coached him up, yeah. I Turns out there's more to it than that. So I think Charlotte's a program with potential. I think they have more work to do than everybody else thinks they do. Um, but I think they can get a good coach. I think they can get a, a solid up-and-comer. The problem is they're probably have going to have to find a Power 5 coordinator that wants their first shot and that doesn't want to wait for a Power 5 head coaching job. Because yeah. Like Robert and I. I don't think there's many <laughs> just suggesting. Um, I don't think there's many group of five head coaches that would see that as 
even a even a good lateral move, huh. much less an improvement. So, um, yeah. while while we're on the Will Healy tri- trivia train, uh, do you guys know his two head coaches when he was a student athlete in college football? Uh, one was Mike London. One was Mike London. I think he won the national championship with Mike London. He was on that team. Um, the other one was uh, Rocco, right? Which means the other one would have been was Rocco before Mike? No, no, it was. Uh, oh, it's uh, the Wake Forest coach, right? It's Dave Clawson. Oh, yeah. Wow, he's been exposed name. to some of the greats. Yeah. yeah. So he's he's a football savant <laughs> at this point. I, I thought it I thought it was a really good hire when Charlotte acquired him, and that's what kind of makes me think there are systemic uh, issues there, structural problems. Yeah. Gotcha. That's very that's interesting. I I mean I've yeah I'm, I'm curious about all of that. Looking at like who's going to be remaining in the American, you're going to have Navy, UConn, South Florida, Tulane, Memphis, East Carolina, and Tulsa, uh, along with those other six schools that I named will be. Yeah you're American. So like I said, Jason, Memphis, probably cream of the crop, just from like a probably like talent acquisition, like staying power, staying power. Yeah. I mean, ECU seems to be trending in the right direction. Tulane likewise is having a a good year. We've seen Navy be good before. I think, I think South Florida is probably going to come open. And I think that that should be better than it has been. And they suppose they purport to be building a new football facility. I think thing there, I think they're investing in that program. I would imagine some of that investment involves a buyout um, for their coach. So we'll see what happens with South Florida. We've seen South Florida be really good before too. Um, but there in my, in my humble opinion, there's no reason that South Florida shouldn't be um, a pretty good G5 team like on a, on a fairly regular basis, especially given all of the, like they're a natural landing spot for a lot of the Florida schools, like transfers or non-qualifiers or people sort of like that, that it just, it just makes sense. So they, I don't really know how they fumbled the bag so bad there, but things have not gone well for Mr. Jeff Scott. Hey, submit an application, man. Maybe Jeff Scott get the ship turned boys in the right with, direction. Boys with Billy Napier though. You never know. Could yeah. be could be analyzing some offense next year in orange and blue. Uh, keep an keep an eye. Watch that space. Along with I would love Jeff Collins to bring his yoga pants to Gainesville as well and analyze some defense. That would be great. It would be wonderful. Um, okay. All right. Well, you guys got anything else? That was uh, that was that was a lovely conversation there. No Sparkle. other coaching hires or fires yet. Um, don't know if we're going to see any early hirings like we saw last year, uh, but. Uh, yeah, I've been doing some more thinking about Georgia Tech. I'm, I don't know. I think, I think that they should go after Dan Mullen. I, and I, I don't, I don't mean that. Ironically, you're not or, facetious. I'm not being facetious. Like I think that would be a really good fit, and he would get a crack at Georgia every year, which I think would be fun for him. Um, <laughs> still, and yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like the. I, I I feel like they need a schemer kind of guy that isn't going to probably pop in recruiting because I just don't think anyone is going to really pop in recruiting there. So work work on developing and good quarterback play and kind of see if you can every now and then uh, have a frisky team that's ready to challenge. It's the ACC. Come on. You can win that side of the ACC occasionally. Yeah, well, it's not going to be sides anymore. You can finish second in the ACC occasionally. Maybe. Maybe. 
Clemson, and then everyone else, right? Clemson, Virginia, everyone else. <laughs> yeah, correct. Good point. Clear tiers right. hierarchy. All right. Great to see you too. You guys got anything else? I think I'm good. All Excellent. Set. It's the wheel route. You know what it is. We're on Instagram at the wheel route podcast. You can send us emails, wheel route podcast at gmail.com. Send us an email, ask us a question, request a shout out or, or a birthday wish, you know, whatever. We'll, we'll do it. We're, we're, we are for sale uh, for free. And uh, we are at thewheelroute.com. It's the website. You can check the pics there. You can get the show there, stream it. Um, yeah, see pictures of our beautiful faces. Lovely website. Until we meet again, I love you guys. Go Gators. Go. Who's go Dukes?